Well, hello and welcome. I'm Bradley. And I'm Francesca. And we're your hosts for the Kind and Curious Kids podcast. We are here at our kitchen table, and we want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode two, Bon Appetit, Four Ways to Make Table Time Count. This is one of my favorite topics. Of um, course it is. Anything to have to do with food, and I, I, I like dinner time. I, I just like sitting around the table and eating. You love all meal Probably time. a little bit too much, but... <laughs> Never think, too much. Uh, Bud likes it too. Yeah, our kid can our, eat us out of the house. But Bud can eat us out of house and home. I think we've already talked about that. So, so. it's well, going to be an ongoing conversation. It, it is. It will be a recurrent theme. <laughs> that is for sure. You know, episode two. Some people said we wouldn't be back. You know, <laughs> I said maybe me. I think I might have said that. But here we are. You know, I wonder how many podcasts fail after the first episode. Oh. That would be. An interesting stat to figure out. Yeah, ours was close, but here we are again, against all odds. We are here against all (laughs) odds. And, you know, this topic, the dinner time, the ritual of what you make of it, um, the the ways that you can make dinner time and and really any meal time count, it's an important topic. It's one everybody has to deal with at some level. You have to eat. Um, And the question is, how are you going to deal with it? So uh, we're excited to talk about this. We've got a great article uh, we're going to go to in just a second uh, to kind of help us think through some of this stuff. But Francesca, what's the in your mind? What, what's the important of the importance of talking about this topic? Um, well, when I think about dinner time, it's not just the meal itself, but it's about the ritual around the meal. So it's mo- it's about creating intentional time for connection for the whole family. Um, Our lives are going in a hundred directions and it is hard to get all four of us to sit down, slow down and connect over a meal. I mean, I think the wonderful thing about food is that it brings people together and having, as our dishwasher goes off in the background. (laughs) Don't mind us. (laughs) Um, It's it's just, it's about creating the intentional time. Yeah. Um, to connect as a family over food, um, because that is we have to eat three times a day unless you're inter- intermittent fasting, which we are not. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't jumped on that bandwagon yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Um, but it is about just creating time around a meal at the end of the day, although it doesn't have to be around at the end of the day, which we will talk about later on the podcast, but the end of the day connection with the whole family. Yeah. I, I was listening to another podcast the other day, which uh, I How I guess, many conversations <laughs> start with, so I was listening to yeah, a podcast. So I, was, so I was listening to this podcast <laughs> the other day, but uh, the guy was talking about, you know, everybody is looking for connection and mm-hmm. um, it's true in relationships, whether that's, you know, in a marriage relationship or even with kids. Um, our kids are, are always looking for a way to connect with us. Um, and I, I, I totally agree. Uh, such a big topic here. Um, and I think as parents and as we're trying to, you know, part of the purpose of this podcast and our blog and is to, to really look for areas to connect in a distracted world. And I think it's one of our roles as parents to help teach children how to connect and so the dinner time yeah. serves as a great, as a functional way to help teach kids how to connect. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's jump over to this article. Um, this is a great resource that we kind of just stumbled upon recently here, but uh, it's on a website, thefamilydinnerproject.org. Um, it's a 
a resource uh, website here full of resources for families. And this article written by Dr. Ann Fischel, um, who's an associate clinical professor of psychology at Harvard Medical School and um, practices at Massachusetts General Hospital uh, here in Boston. Uh, just right down around the, road. the corner from just, us. <laughs> just down the road. Um, so... We're going to get into this, the, the first point here. There's a lot of good stuff here about the introduction. Uh, we'll have the link to this article in the show notes. But, you know, she says that when she meets, uh, it looks like she does some, some therapy, some counseling. She says when she meets a new couple in therapy, um, oftentimes people go to therapy because they're having some type of crisis. She says she always asks them about dinner because that's a question or that question is a pipeline into their childhoods. And the first step, um, you know, that she talks about, ways to make dinner time count is to start with discussing your childhood dinners. Hmm. So this article was actually written for uh, couples specifically before even kids enter into the picture and create a whole new level of chaos. Um, But starting with the couple and really establishing those dinner time routines, I think is great um, because you are working through the dinner time ritual and what you want it to be prior to kids in this instance in the article. Um, but uh, I think when you start talking about childhood dinners, it's um, what were the rules of your childhood dinner? What was it? Did you actually have childhood dinners? Was everyone present? Were children to be seen and not heard? Um, was it, were there rules involved? Did everyone help out? Did mom make the dinner? Did dad clean up the dinner? Like what were those things that kind of defined childhood um, dinners for you? And uh, for me, what stands out, I have a horrible memory. <laughs> it's kind of like a joke in my family. But what I do remember is it was really when those meal times were special. Like when, um, like when I remember one morning we came downstairs and my, my mom had the china set out and had like a special breakfast for us and she had little notes written by each of her place setting. And it, it wasn't an occasion. It wasn't a birthday. It was just kind of a special moment. Um, and that stands out. And we did a lot of potlucks with um, friends and family and everyone pitched in and um, haystacks <laughs> was a uh, gotta uh, love them. Gotta love haystacks, which is basically what do you call haystacks, Bradley? Um, there's a couple different names for it, but um, Frito chili pie. <laughs> Frito chili pie is my personal favorite. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of coined by Sonic. Oh, okay. That was their um, special, but it's all the same concept. Same concept. Fritos, some type of bean, either chili or black beans. And then lots of cheese, sour cream, some green onions. And see, Bradley eliminated the lettuce. For us, it was, oh, like, yeah, you, you it can was have very lettuce. much of a like almost a salad <laughs> portion. But in your description, you left out the whole uh, green vegetable element. Um, but anyway, That's like me. lots of... Uh, Not recommended, by the way. I am a physician, <laughs> but you should eat your vegetables. You should eat your vegetables. Um, but so those are my memories, kind of like a very communal um, with like uh, potlucks with friends or those special occasions, um, which I think is also telling uh, about my memories yeah, because it has to do with uh, connection. It's more about the memories involving connection than the actual meal itself. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, I also totally remember some of those potluck experiences where you all go over to somebody's house and everybody brings a bunch of food um, and you have a ton of fun just because, you know, all your friends are there and. Uh, all the parents are having a good time too, but I, I think even more than that, I also remember 
a lot of the meals that we had growing up just day in, day out. Um, we always sat around the table. And, you know, I think for us, one of the hard things, uh, I'm sure for my parents, is all of us kids were a little bit uh, energetic and, and love to get, <laughs> you know, get up, get leave, leave the table, go play in the other room or something like that. So I distinctly remember having, like, the belt um, like after you've outgrown you the high to, chair, you need to explain the belt. The belt it, it was not for spanking; it was for to keep you like to, to keep you in your chair. It was right. basically like a, a strap, like know? an older an older high chair. Exactly. <laughs> it probably went pretty old though. <laughs> we, we always used to try to get up as soon as we could for some reason. But you know, I mean, one thing that that kind of was instilled in me was was that that dinner time was for us to connect. Um, and that's a great time. And and I think that's something that we try to do now, but it's definitely hard um, with our schedules. And, and we can probably talk about some of that more. But I, I think the point is, is that we all bring, you know, our different childhood experiences into your marriage and, and into your relationship with your kids. And, and so this conversation is really interesting and kind of, and really goes in line with the article. And so as you are thinking, as you're, we're talking, you're probably maybe not even listening to us. You're thinking about your own childhood experiences with dinner time. Um, and so the, the question then becomes, what do you want to continue in your own family? Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you want to leave behind? Um, and so, uh, like for us, we are trying to get our kids to stay at the dinner time table until excused. Um, and then we do excuse them and um, me and Bradley may stay longer and talk and um, then clear the table um, after that and they'll go play. But there is a, a, a set family time that we try to um, maintain that we're working on. It's a work yeah. in progress. It is a work in progress. But again have that conversation and and figure out what are those things that you want to be intentional about um, and recognize that we all have our preferences based on, on how we were brought and up. A, and a byproduct of the conversation besides just learning more about dinnertime routines is you just learn more about your your spouse and what their childhood experiences were like, which is always a good thing. Absolutely. It's another time for connection. So. <laughs> Um, the second point here is decide how to divvy up the work of meal planning, shopping, cooking, and cleaning up. I think Man. I feel like you should take this one, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you share on this topic? This is, I mean, this is a huge topic. I mean, yes. so much work goes into to these things. And, you know, depending on your situation, depending on, you know, who's working, who, who might be at home, maybe both you know, spouses are working. There's so many different situations. Everyone's going to be a little bit different here, but this is a big one for us. Um, and to really discuss that there's no right or wrong way um, to to go about this. Yeah. Um, there's not there's not a right or wrong answer in this. It's but it is having a conversation of expectations um, and what becomes too much. I do the bulk of our meal planning, shopping, cooking, and sometimes cleanup too, yeah. just because of the nature of the season of life where you are um, with your crazy work hours that makes the whole dinner time routine very difficult for us in general. Um, but then it's also like if uh, there's also then where if it becomes too much for me, then I use, uh, what's it called? That that shop cart 
Uh, well, there's a couple. You have Amazon. Amazon, which, which I deliver. used for a while. In certain grocery, cities, you can yeah, do that. Grocery delivery, I did Wegmans that for a while. Has a service. Yeah, it's the, um, but it's the name of the company. It's the Shop Cart. <laughs> Instant Cart? Instant Cart. <laughs> <laughs> like she said, her memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness um yes so like instacart is a great resource so like things like that can really help and i don't use them all the time but when it just becomes very difficult like there's no shame in that game yeah you got to do what you got to do and what you can do you right. know and um i mean we're always trying to like figure out what's the best you know grocery that has the best prices but still good quality and then but not going too crazy and spending too much time and and all that takes a lot of time to figure out. But I think it's important talk about, you know, what are your own expectations? Because, again, you probably expect to do things the way that you grew up and the way that your parents did things. And uh, your spouse might be in a very different situation. And um, Or that, your your life may be in a very dis- exactly. a different situation than your family's life. Exactly. So definitely this goes back to understanding expectations. It just does. And having conversations about those expectations. Yeah, I think this is a great point to reduce friction in relationships is to have conversations on on those expectations, especially with this, uh, with meal planning, shopping, cooking, cleaning. So It's a very practical communication skill. Absolutely. <laughs> Number three here, determine how you'll make space for dinner time as a separate part of the day. It's a good one. Um, how do we do that? So, um, well, the points in the article is to choose a regular time and place, to turn off the phones, to maybe light candles or play music, and to change out of your work clothes, um, which is something that I know probably like instantly loves to change out of his work clothes, which honestly drives me crazy a lot of the time because he'll come in and I'll have dinner ready and he'll be like, let me change. And You work at a hospital. You want to get out of that. Um, but... Uh, anyway, yeah, I, neither here nor there. Um, but I think for us, what we have talked about is a regular dinner time every single night with the kids is just not going to happen at this point in our life with your work schedule and with just where we are. So it's really become where we said, okay, let's try to have X amount a week. Um, and we really try to have several intentional family dinners with the kids. Um, and sometimes that doesn't happen. Bradley's gets off late and the kids have already eaten before he gets home and he is able to be a part of the bedtime routine. Or last year where you worked so late, you didn't you didn't even see the kids most nights. Um, and so there, I think there, there's going to be listeners who are in very similar situations yeah. where dinner time is just not even um, a family dinner time is just seems so remotely impossible. So. I think I just want to acknowledge that. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, it's totally true. I mean, there's some days I get off at 5, 5.30, and then there's some days I might not get off till 7 or later, um, and that's this year. You know, last year, like you said, I was leaving the house at like 4.45 in the morning and getting home like at the earliest 7 or 8 at night. It was, it was crazy. And I even remember one of my uh, colleagues in medical school um, whose parents were uh, both like professionals and, and very busy and... Um, I think one of her, I think her mom was in the military or something like that, and, uh, pretty high up. And she often, her mother wouldn't get home until like 10 or 11 at night. And so like she just routinely would stay up till like 10 or 11 at night to like see her mom, which, you know, my first thought was like, wow, that's crazy. You know, it's like, right. but, you know, I mean, there's, there's some situations. I mean, there's some people out there where, you know, literally 
lives may be on the line and you just can't change your schedule at this particular time. Maybe you, you know, you work toward changing it in a different season, you know, you, you try the best you can, but everybody has their own situation. And I, I think the point here is you just got to try to make some space. It doesn't have to be the, the routine five thirty dinner, you know, everything's on the table ready to go. It can be a different variation of it that. It could be weekend times. Absolutely. Maybe you um, carve out special dinners on the weekend or, um, you know, just maybe it looks like breakfast as a family. If you don't, like you obviously leave too early for breakfast most mornings, but um, maybe it's breakfast for certain families where they have that time to start the day with. It doesn't have to be, that's why we actually call this a podcast table time because it doesn't have to be dinner time. It doesn't have to look a specific way. The point when you go back to like the question of like, what is the heart behind this? If the heart is intentional time, for connection for the whole family that has that ritual element, which is what a meal provides, that routine, that habit, that really like life forming connection, um, then it, it's more it's more about that, the heart of it, and not the the letter of the law, so yeah. to speak, of it has to be dinner time. And we've been we've been doing this some on Saturdays. Um, you know, our, our weekdays can be pretty busy, but then on Saturday. Um, most of the time, we're able to take breakfast together. Uh, together, right? It's just a very slow morning, and we're able to take some time. Everybody comes, sits at the table. Then after we're done, the kids go and play, and we usually get our second cup of coffee and keep going. Um, and, but again, everybody, you know, try to find that time that works for you, um, and it doesn't have to be the the usual standard thing that you might think of. Um, right. Try to find ways to be creative with that. I also love the point of lighting candles or playing music, which we actually haven't done at a dinner time, um, but unless it's like a special occasion. Um, but I have done it with the kids during our morning, what we call our morning time. Um, and our morning time is uh, me and the kids sit down for breakfast. We light candles. We uh, do. We have some things that we do together. Um, I'll read poems to them. We do some songs. Uh, we just have like a routine that we go through. Typically, they're eating breakfast. I'm sitting at the table and kind of um, walking through this routine with them. And it's very enjoyable. And we always light candles. So whenever I light candles, col- uh, our daughter always says, uh, oh, is it morning time? And morning time <laughs> being like this time, this structure, not necessarily like the time of morning. So it's actually a confusing name. Um, but we'll put in the show notes some links to morning time because that's a really cool uh, thing too for the creating some structure and routine for your children. But I do love the idea of uh, lighting candles or playing music to kind of to set the tone because our daughter loves that. You know, she loves the atmosphere it creates. And in the memory that I shared with my own mom coming down and having like the china out like and having like a little note for us, I think it was like we had like a normal meal, like oatmeal or, you know, it just it yeah. wasn't anything. But I, it just sticks out so, so vividly in my mind because this tone had been set 
Um, and so I think that that's just a really cool thing. It's like really easy to light candles. I usually have candles on my table. I just remove them before <laughs> dinner. <laughs> yeah, those little things make all the difference. So that's that's good stuff. The last point here, n- point number four is... Maybe the best one of all. Probably the most important for sure. Don't worry if it's infrequent or imperfect. And um, with all of this, you, you got to give yourself grace. No one's going to be perfect in this. Um you, you can't do it every day. You're not going to be able to even do it as much as you want to do it. The, the point is that you're making an intentional progress in the right direction. Um, well, and it goes back to remembering the heart behind it. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can reiterate that point enough. What is the desire behind wanting to have a dinner time ritual? Because we're all going to eat, whether it's in front of a TV, whether it's all at different times, whether it's feeding the kids and then I eat and then you eat when you get home or whatever it is, we're all going to eat. So it's not about the eating. It's not about what you're preparing. It doesn't have to be fancy. It could be carrion. It could be, you know, you could go to a restaurant and have this uh, time together. It doesn't have to be at your dining room table. It can it could be, you know, meeting after a soccer game and all gathering around for milkshakes. That could fulfill the same purpose because yeah. you have to remember the heart behind it. And for us, our heart is family, intentional family connection where the the younger children can ask the other children and the parents, how was your day? It's so cute when our daughter asks that question. She can she barely waits for a response, and then she goes into, are you going to ask how my yeah, she day gives, was? She, she gives you about five seconds to give your response, and then about another second to ask you how her day was, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and so, and part of that goes to, like, teaching them how to ask questions and mm-hmm. teaching them how to connect. It's just such a, a natural way to do it. Um, so remembering the heart behind it, I think, takes away a lot of the pressure of, having the perfect meal time, dinner time. This is the way it should look. Everyone is going to look different. Um, and then also understanding um, what kind of what your rules are with it. You know, no technology. You have to sit still for a certain amount of time or whatever it is. Um, every Maybe that won't be yours. You know, it, those are just some of ours. But Yeah, I think for us, you know, we try to get rid of the phones um, during that time that we're at the meal. And, again, it may not be for everybody. I think it's probably a good thing. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Try to make that your rule. <laughs> and I then th- whatever else. I think if there's one thing. It, it's just so easy to reach for the phone. You know, if, if there's, like a lull of boredom, you know, even for just a couple of moments. You're or always it, or looking you're, for the something. phone is always going off. Or it could always be going off. You get like 400 text messages a day or something like that. I forget. We looked at the stats one day. There's just a ridiculous amount of text messages that you get in one day. Um, but, you know, it's probably, think about it, you know, just because it's such a point of distraction for all of us. And, and none of us are very good at dealing with it, I feel like most of us are not, um, and, and better just to kind of, for that little while, uh, put the phone up. So in conclusion, I think that the takeaway that I, my, uh, my desire would be for what is your heart behind having a table time ritual? What, what is the goal? What is your goal? What is your des- desire? 
and verbalize that with your partner if there is a, a, a partner involved. And then from there, you know, discuss those childhood experiences and, um, and kind of move forth this list to establish your own routine and your own ritual. And I love the idea of starting with table time because this exact like approach or protocol can be uh, literally like copy and pasted onto the way you do birthday celebrations or holiday time or you know, all those different areas of life that involve like the family coming together going back to what is the heart behind this time? What is What am I bringing from my childhood? What am I wanting to create for my family? And at the end of the day, you know, we do the best we can, but always remember to, to give yourself grace um, and that knowing that it's, it's never going to be perfect, but we keep pressing on and doing the best we can. So um, we hope you enjoy that article. We'll link to it in, again in our show notes. Um, be sure to check that out. And um, that's all we have for today from the kitchen table. And hope you join us next time at the Kind and Curious Kids podcast.